Hello, how are you? It's Aiden Jones here and you are listening to Sitting Under a Tree for Tuesday the 21st of February 2023. What the fuck? I feel so tired, man. Zapped. Pew, 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 pew. Absolutely zapped. It's this fucking heat, dude. I swear it's the heat. I don't know what else it could possibly be. I'm in Adelaide. It's, I mean, it said it was going to be hotter, but it's actually not. Fuck, what a great podcast. Hey, do you want to listen to this comedian? He's pretty good at comedy, but every Tuesday he comes on and talks about the weather. 35, 36, 38, 33. That's today until Friday, and then Saturday it's 22. Bring on that fucking 22, man. Fuck this heat. What else could it be? My muscles are sore. Maybe I've got long COVID. I know this is like fucked or whatever, but a part of me is like when people go about long COVID, I'm like, ah, they're probably just being soft. Do you ever think? <laughs> That's fucked, isn't it? Yeah, it just is like I've never experienced that. So I'm like, long COVID, more like fucking long complaining. <laughs> that's bullshit. That's 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 bad. If I don't fucking watch out, I'm going to get one of those Joe Rogan COVID information stickers next to my podcast on Spotify. Um, I don't know. I just feel achy and complainy and I'm whingy, you know? Like I fucking... All week since I've been in Adelaide... Dude, Perth? I was crushing it, man. I was the fucking king of Perth. Let me tell you. Let... Allow me to tell... Stop. Shush. I'm sorry. How are you? Thanks for listening, man. I don't know. Just in a fucking shitty... I'm in a shitty mood. My arms feel sore. My legs feel kind of sore. I'm waking up late. I woke up this morning. I, I went to Victor Harbour last night because Monday's my day off at the at the Adelaide Fringe. So I had shows Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Friday and Saturday, I had like six... Like, like my solo show and then another five spots each night. So that was hectic. And then Sunday I had a few spots booked, but I just fucking pulled out of it, man. I couldn't do it. And that's it. I'm becoming that guy. I used to spit on people who pulled out of spots. How dare you? Someone wants you to do comedy and you pull out. Um, but I was just tired and I just like, I thought I was going to go to this show on Sunday night because I got free tickets to this thing. And then I couldn't even go to that. I was like, I need to go home. And then yesterday, did some work and stuff and then, yeah, drove the car down to Victor Harbour to see my grandparents, stayed at their place. And again, like I was in bed by like 11, 11.30 and I had to get up at 7 to do this interview for ABC Radio because I'm doing a show in Castlemaine next week on Tuesday to promote that. So got up at 7, had a chat and that's like seven hours easy sleep. But I was just, man, I was completely fucked. I was like, no way am I staying up. I went back to bed and had another two hours of sleep. And it's like, that's just, I don't know. I feel guilty. I feel like that's not good enough. But and why am I bothering you guys with that right now? You know, here I am feeling bad and I'm putting my negativity on you guys who are listening to the podcast like a piece of shit. <laughs> Sorry. It's been a, it was a good weekend. I had a lovely weekend. You know what? 
Do I want to tell you this story? Fuck yeah, I did the worst fucking show. One of the worst shows I've ever been a part of on Saturday night. It was awesome. It made me really upset. And it was also fantastic. Um, it was a panel show in Gluttony. Uh, late show. It was like 11.30. And um, the the guy booking it who runs it was like I worked with him last year at the Fringe. He's a good dude. And, uh, you know, I was happy with like the way we worked together. And I never did his show, but he was like, yeah, I've got this show. And I was like, yeah, go on, you know, like I I knew it was there and I just was trying to book a lot of spots. So um, Saturday I had that and then I had one more show. I had um, I had Fat Cave afterwards, which is like a fun late show and where you do stand up, right? And so I get to this this panel show and it's in the venue next to mine and it was only on for two nights. And I get there and I was really excited to do it, man. I was so hyped. There was no like portent. Is that the right word? What does that word mean? I feel like I've been using that word too much lately to not know what it means. Let's have a look here. Define portent. Here's the definition of portent. A sign or warning that a momentous or calamitous event is likely to happen. There we go. Many birds are regarded as being portents of death. <laughs> what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> That's really funny. You see a bird, it means you're going to die. There's so many birds. When are you not looking at a bird? I'm, I, I reckon about, let's be realistic, I reckon about 40% of my life, I am within visual confirmation distance of a bird. That's a fucking confirmation bias right there. Why do I swear so much? I feel, yeah, whatever. Remember when I, like two years ago, when I tried to stop swearing on the pod? That worked well, didn't it? Birds are always, I'm seeing birds, I'm, I'm for, I can't hardly move for seeing birds. I've been liking saying that lately. I can't hardly move for etc. etc. I think it's funny. Birds are portents of death. Well, there were no birds circling. There should have been, considering the death that was about to take place at this late show on Saturday night, there should have been vultures fucking circling the outdoor stage at Gluttony because, my God, there was no sign that this show was going to be bad. I didn't expect or suspect that it was going to be bad. I got there... I didn't really know what was going on. It should have been a warning sign when the guy who booked me on the show wasn't there to host the show because he's on the poster. So it's like, I'm, I'm assuming it's supposed to be him. But it wasn't. But there was this other guy and I was like, oh, you know, he, he was like, oh, I was this person in your show last year. I was like, oh, yeah, fuck. You said that funny thing. He was like a funny bit of crowd work in my show last year. So, And like, I guess he's a comic, a new comic or something. And he's like, I'm hosting the show. And I'm like, great. And there's another mate of mine there, Nick Schuler, great comic from Canberra, lives in Melbourne now. And so I was like, that's cool. I got a mate on the show. And then there's these other two girls that are like, I guess they're comics from Adelaide. I don't know. I've never met them, but you know. And um, I was just, so, I was so excited to do this show. And I was just like, had lots of energy because I'd had a long day on Saturday, but I did all my shows. I did my solo. I did three spots. They all went well. And... Um, 
I was ready to do this late show and then the last late show and just like have a good time, hang out with my friends and fuck around on stage. And they asked us what opening music we wanted and I said, I want Simon Says by Pharaoh Monch because it's just the sickest like... Get the fuck up. You know the one? Simon says, get the fuck up. Throw your hands in the sky. Boop, 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 boop. What a fucking tune, right? And we're there. Backstage. It's an outdoor stage. I'm talking to Shula. We're getting ready to go on. They introduced the first two acts, the girls first. They're on one team. Shula and I are on the other team. The format of the show, we're not really given any information, but it's just like there's going to be questions. There are points, but the points don't matter. Just have fun. So it's basically mock the week, right? Cool. And my song comes on and I decided, I'd noticed that I was in a good mood. And so I decided that I was going to, when the song started, rather than walk to the stage, I was going to like run all around the audience because it's an outdoor stage and like jump and start moshing and just like, you know, energy. So I do that and the crowd were kind of bummed out by it. But I was like, whatever, I was in such a good mood. I just had a go at them and they laughed and I was like, this is going to be fun. And then we start the show, like the games... And it became clear very quickly that whoever's job it was to make, like, to plan the show, to plan the questions, to make it, like, the whole dynamic of doing a panel show is, okay, the guests are supposed to be given room to be funny, but if they're not funny for whatever reason, if they can't think of something, if they're not good guests or whatever it is, the person hosting, it's their job to keep it moving. They're steering the ship. And this guy who was hosting wasn't quite experienced enough to be able to do that, but he should have been given a plan by the guy who ran the show. And he wasn't. And I feel like a little snitch even just like bitching about this now, but I'm not giving the name of the show. I'm not giving the names of these acts. But like... I tried to... I'll tell the rest of the story. So we do the show. I'm trying to say funny stuff, but like like what were some of the things? Like the first round was like Hitler or Kanye. And it's like, was this quote done by Hitler or Kanye? And then... He would say a thing and then we've got to say if that was Hitler or Kanye. Now, that's funny because it's like the joke there is that they say the same stuff. But like, where's their room to make a joke out of that, you know? Like, I can't remember any of the particular, the specific quotes. But like, if I go, all right, was this Hitler or Kanye? Um, let's invade Poland. Right. That's that. If that's Hitler, the only joke you can make is like, oh, yeah, that's Kanye. Or maybe you can think of just another person in your life or from popular culture who might have said that to say that that's funny. But that's a lot of work to do. Like on Mock the Week on TV, they have a staff of writers, you know? And those shows, in my opinion, still fucking suck. (laughs) And they've got staffs of paid professional writers. And we are five comedians on stage, doing it, like, on the floor, you know? And the plan isn't good. Like, all that's been given to this guy is just, this is the game. And I think he even came up with his own questions because he just seemed, like, really... Oh, fuck, I'm getting... I'm feeling so fucking whingy today, aren't I? 
So he's going through these questions and we're trying to say funny stuff and with varying degrees of success. And eventually I just start feeling like, well, there's not really much that I can say here because I don't know, I guess I'm not good at coming up with stuff on the fly. Maybe I'm not funny. Maybe I'm not funny enough to do this show. Maybe it was my fault. But I've had fun on these shows in the past when there's been a plan. But in this instance, it felt like every time the guy said a thing, like one of the things, like one of the prompts, he was like looking at us with these pleading eyes to be like, are you going to say something funny? Like he was like begging for us to save him. And it's like, you're steering the fucking ship. But again, I don't think it's his fault. It's the guy's fault who booked the show, who's supposed to be the host, throwing him in the deep end. I just felt like we were completely chucked in the deep end here with no assistance. And I was resentful of being there because it's like when I do stand up, one of the things that I love about stand-up is when I'm on stage, I live or die by my own hand. So if I'm bombing, it's my fault. And if I'm doing well, it's my fault. Now, it's fun to do well with other people. But if you're bombing, and like there's nothing I can do if I'm with other people. Like if I'm by myself and I'm bombing, I f it's still I'm in control so I can try stuff and do stuff because it's my... I'm the only one. I, like the buck stops with me. If I don't talk, then no one's talking, you know? But on a panel show, it's not like I can just take over and go, hey, guys, what about if we do this or change the thing? Because it's not my show. And I don't want to be an asshole and, like, control the proceedings. That's the job of the guy who's hosting the show. But when he's not doing that, there's no one. And that was it. Like, he was looking at us as if to be like, who's going to save us? And it's like, you, mate, you are going to save us. But anyway, he couldn't. He couldn't do it you know and i don't i just i don't think it's his fault i think it's the guy's fault who booked it and then after a while i just was i started a retreat within myself i was like i don't want to say anything because everything i say i just i've got nothing to say you know and there's nothing for me I, I just i don't know i just i just got sick of bombing i was trying to say stupid stuff like at one point i got angry one of the games was or one of the prompts that we had was inappropriate things to say at family dinner. Now, again, that prompt is like, it just leads you in one direction, you know? You're just supposed to say, like, it's just that, it's just what is silly to say at family dinner. Like, what's, what's funny about that? It's not funny. And I said that, I just was like, I don't know, like, what do you want me to say? Like, oh no, grandma, stop fucking dad or something. Like, what? <sighs> I was getting really upset and really frustrated, but still trying to make it funny. And like, I guess trying to demonstrate to the crowd the shitty position that we were in with these fucking prompts and these fucking games. And um, then about 40 minutes into the show, because uh, <laughs> there were like 30 people there in the crowd. So like 40 minutes into the show, someone from the crowd, an Irish accent, guy just goes you guys are comedians yeah <laughs> and it was at this point it was clear that we were completely out of steam the host was just you know floundering i'd checked out a couple of the other guys were floundering and it just wasn't a good vibe in the room and I, I was, he goes, you guys are comedians and i was like would you believe it yes we actually are comedians and he goes with all sincerity why don't you just do some comedy? 
<laughs> oh, you know what? That's that's the name of this week's podcast. Why don't you do some comedy? Why don't you do some comedy? That's the name of this week's podcast. He goes, why don't you do some comedy? And I was like, and everyone was like, yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, man. Should we all just do five minutes to close out the show? And um, and they were like, woo. And the host was like, do you want to do five minutes? I was like, I would love to do five minutes. So I stand up and I fucking do an opening joke. I just do the first joke out of my show and it goes well. They're laughing. And as soon as it goes well, I stopped and just went, I fucking hate this so much. Why are we doing this? Like, I felt bad. At one point before that, I was taking a photo. I got my phone out and I just thought it'd be funny to take a photo of the audience. And then someone was like, he's taking a photo of us. And I was like, I'm taking a photo of the most patient group of people I've ever encountered in my life to sit through this absolute shit show. Oh, God. And uh, so, like, I was trying to, yeah, I, I guess I was trying to let it be known to the audience that I didn't condone what was happening. And I don't know, maybe that was a mistake and maybe the other performers, like the host and the other two chicks who I didn't know felt like I was throwing them under the bus or something, but it was, it was shit. And uh, so when I did my set, I did the first joke and then after that I just started screaming. I was like, this has been such a waste of time. It's been so shit. And I turned around and gestured to the others. I was like, I'm sorry, but like this has just been really bad and just a complete exercise in futility. And this is the bit that really got me, man. There's one, I didn't, I guess I didn't realize, but one of the girls there maybe... I don't know, didn't like me or, yeah, didn't like the way that I'd been going about it. I hadn't noticed. I didn't really like the things that she was saying either. I thought she was not very funny. But um, my mic cut out at one point when I was doing, I just went into a bit after I ranted for a little, I went back into some material and my mic cut out. And I was doing fine. I was just like, oh, my mic cut out. Grab me one of those other mics. And she fucking threw some nasty little comment out my mic cut out and I went, oh, my mic's cut out. And she went, yeah, it's not, it wasn't a mistake, buddy. That was what she said. Wasn't a mistake, buddy. As if to be like, yeah, time's up, mate. And I hadn't, I'd done like, I did in total like three and a half minutes in that little thing. And it was the best fucking, fuck you. It was the best three and a half minutes of the show. Oh, listen to me. Listen to me, mate. I feel so aggrieved. <laughs> Whinging like a little baby. And I'm not done. <laughs> so, we do the show, we get off, and I fucking storm off the stage. And I, the producer, I was just like, man, I don't know. I feel like we should give those people their money back. That was just crap that wasn't good enough i feel ashamed to have been a part of that and um i still care about what everyone on the show thinks about me like i don't want those people to hate me again i don't think it was any of their faults and even the guy who set the show up like if he couldn't be there for whatever reason i really just want to talk to him and let him know like hey man this is what happened and i think the reason that it happened is because there wasn't enough planning that went into the show and 
I'm sorry if I maybe exacerbated it, but I feel like it was just a complete shit show to start with and, you know, whatever. So I'm out the front and everyone knows, everyone who's just seen that show and everyone who's been on it knows that it was a nightmare and not in a fun way. Not like, a, oh, it's a bit loose and crazy. It's late night. Anything can happen. It's been shitty in a way that was like, this is really just feels like we've like tried to make off with these people's money, you know, like said that there was a show, not planned a show, and then just expected them to put up with some substandard shit. And I just, I take it really seriously, man. I take, if someone pays you money to put a show on, you should put a fucking show on and you should plan it and you should work hard and you should make sure that they're spending their money on something that's good or at least that you've attempted to make good. And it just felt like there wasn't a sincere attempt to make this show good. And uh, after the show, that the girl who I didn't like came up to me and well, it came up to her. We were all standing there, and I went to shake her hand. I was like, "Hey, mate! Like, it was really nice to meet you." I was still trying to, you know. I said, "It's really nice to meet you," and she goes, "That's the third time you've said that." That's what she said. That's the third time you've. Said. I was like, "What?" She goes, "You used to. We've met before. You used to live in Adelaide, didn't you?" I'm like, "Oh, okay." Like, I just walked off, but I'm like. If that's when you're expecting me to know you from, I lived in Adelaide 11... Oh, God. What a truly negative experience with that person. I tried to reach out to the guy who booked me for the show. I tried to call him. He didn't pick up. I tried to message him. Uh, I messaged him and said, hey, I'd really like to talk to you about last night's show. Didn't get anything. And um, that was about it. I might give him one more try. I don't know, man. I don't dislike the guy i think he's a good enough dude but i just it was so disappointing man i could not believe the level of disregard for the audience that i felt in doing that show and i really just wanted to talk to him it's just like what happened what what is this because he put on a good venue last year ah fuck but maybe this is a that maybe this is me hey maybe i just had a shitty experience and i want to make sure that no one hates me but maybe it's I was having lunch with my uh, with my friend Dan Muggleton the other day. Great comic. If you don't know him, you should definitely look him up. He's got a bunch of stuff online. And um, we were talking about me moving to the UK because he lived in the UK for two years just after I lived there. I think he was there 2016 to 18, something like that. And he talked about the way that he puts value on himself as a comic and, like, he won't just go and do any gig for free or, like, book free gigs in the diary for no reason other than just to do them, which is not what I've done. Like, I like being on stage and I want to be on stage every night. So, I will just book in free spots at all of these shows. But what that means is that when last-minute paid work comes up, I'm not available to take it, um, which, you know, can be a problem. And... Uh, he's like he won't leave the house even if there's a bit of money if it's not enough money he'll turn a gig down because he wants there to be more money because he puts that value on himself and i think that's really cool and i think that's something that i maybe have like or i do still like i struggle with like even on sunday i had a spot on this one show uh in the afternoon that was unpaid and like it's a good enough show and it's like they put work into it and it's good and i I'm happy to do it, but it's unpaid. But there was my grandma's birthday and another lunch with my management and it was like all clashing. And I, it took me a while to just realise like, oh, I could just pull out of that panel show if I want. There's nothing making me, forcing me to do it. I'm not being paid. 
I've got a day to give notice so they can find someone else. So I just pulled out of it. And then I like feel guilty about that. And it's like, maybe I shouldn't feel as guilty as I do. They're not paying me. And then another one, like, it's a bit different because they were paying me and I don't know. But there was another show on Sunday night and I felt really tired and I had free tickets to go to this other thing. So I pulled out of it and then I didn't end up going to the other thing either. I just went home because I was tired. And they pay and they pay a decent fee. But I still, I feel a little bit guilty after pulling out of that, you know. And it's like, well, I don't know. They should be able to find someone else. And like, maybe that's just what I need to do as a comic that, I'm looking to be kind of more in demand and have like a bit of a premium on my services. Apologies for the business talk. I like, maybe I need to start valuing myself a little higher than just like someone asked me to do a spot and that's enough for me to be like flattered to do the spot, you know? Maybe I need to be paid. Maybe I've been doing this for fucking 12 years in August and I should be paid <laughs> to do stand-up. And it's no one else's fault that I'm not being. It's my fault for not, for accepting all the times when I don't get paid. And it comes back to this fucking show because this panel show, I didn't get paid for. I asked to do it. And there was no indication beforehand that it was going to be a good experience. And then I got there and it wasn't. And like as much as I guess it's the guy's fault for not putting in the work to make the show good, it's also my fault for asking for the spot and not, doing any due diligence to make sure that it was going to be a good show because as it happened after the show I went to the next show and I told the the like person who was stage managing that show I just did the worst show and she said the name of the show like she knew what show I was going to say because that show has a reputation of just being not very good and she laughed and it, you know another person who I told who knew about it, he laughed so like if I just asked around I probably could have figured out that it wasn't going to have been very good and I could have adjusted my expectations and not had a completely shit time instead of going in there thinking it was going to be a great show and then being surprised when the guy was looking at me like a little puppy dog going, are you going to say something funny? So, yeah. Oh, mate. <laughs> I'm kind of glad it happened. I, I'm, I'm kind of glad that it was a shit show because... This is a fun story, isn't it? And anyway, I've got the recording of the three and a half minute set that I did. So I'll put that at the end of the podcast this week. That's always fun, isn't it? And then I spent the rest of the night ranting to anyone who would listen to <laughs> about how bad this show was. I think I secretly love it. I think I secretly love having a bad show, a shitty experience on some, you know, so then I can talk about it. But it's like, do I love it? Because as much as it's funny to talk about, I've still spent the last couple of days like a little bit worried about the fact that that lady didn't like me and that the guy who ran the show didn't respond to my like efforts to contact him and talk about it. And it's like, why do I shouldn't care about that? Whatever, they run a bad show. If they don't want to talk to me, that's a personal issue and I don't want to work with them again. So who cares? You know, I shouldn't care so much. But for some reason, I do. It's like, I just want everyone to like me. Anyway, what other stuff can I talk about? I uh, watched Welcome to Wrexham this week with my mum. That was sick. I had a great week, man. Tuesday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. No shows. No gigs. Just hanging out with mum. Watched Welcome to Wrexham the whole season, like the whole 18 episodes. That was awesome to watch a football thing with my mum. 
talk about football. My mum was sick. Did uh, the thing that I said I was going to do where I reviewed 31 alcohol-free beers. I filmed that over three days. I set up a little studio in my mum's office with lights and a desk and turned everything around and made it into a nice little thing, filmed it with my phone, made the first few of those, edited them. I filmed all of it. Maybe that's another reason. <laughs> that's another reason why I've been feeling like shit is because I drank literally the first day I did three and then the second day I did like 15 and the third day I did the rest, whatever that is, 13 um, cans or bottles of alcohol-free beer in like three hours. So yeah, no wonder my body... You know what? Maybe that's why my body still feels like shit now. I put so much garbage into my body last week. <laughs> Even though it wasn't alcohol, there's still a bit of alcohol in there. Maybe that's why I'm feeling shitty, that and the heat. Oh, I don't know. But, um, yeah, 31. So I'm editing them. Fuck, it's going to be a lot of work to edit. I'm just learning about editing. It's cool. I'm trying to teach myself the basics of the process of just finding, like, each one, each review that I did was filmed in about 10 minutes. So there's 10 minutes of footage per thing but I want the videos to be less than a minute so I'm just going through and picking out two or three kind of interesting things that I said and then editing those down so that each of them is like 10-15 seconds long and editing that together in a video chuck a bit of music behind it and that's the thing and um, I remember my editor on the um, I remember my editor on the the documentary talking about how it's like puzzle pieces. Like you just find, you know, like each little, each little kind of passage tells a short story. So in miniature, in these little one minute videos that I'm making, there's a few different little things that I say. Like one of the things in the last video I was talking about, I wonder how many alcohol free beers you would need to drink to actually get drunk. And they're 0.1 standard drinks and you're allowed to drink two beers in your first hour and then like two drinks in your first hour and then one every hour after that and still be under the limit to drive. So I guess you would need to drink three standard drinks in an hour, which is 30. And I kind of was riffing that and laughing about the absurdity of drinking 30 in an hour and if anyone would be able to do that. And that is like one passage. And that, it took me about a minute or a minute and a half in just natural speech to say that, but to edit it, I can edit it down to like 15 seconds and that's a puzzle piece and the other bits are puzzle piece. And you know, and you just edit them together, you kind of figure out what that 15 second passage is saying, what the story of it is, and then you might even switch around some of the things that you said to put them in a different order to get that point across quicker. That's kind of the skill of editing and it's cool because it kind of translates to stand-up. Like I have these jokes which are different bits of information and I switch them around like puzzle pieces to try and get them to tell a story overall in the show and maybe putting them in a different order changes the nature of the story. So it's cool to think about that. Anyway, I might wrap up, hey? I don't know if I've got anything else to say this week. Are you guys doing good? Are you guys feeling tired? <laughs> Have you ever been to one of those bad shows? Have you ever been to a show that's like a stand-up show where you can tell it doesn't really happen so much in a like in a, a one-person show, like a solo show, because most of the time that person 
they're on stage and they're there and it's their choice. And so if they're bombing, they're still trying. But have you ever been to, I would love to hear from you if you've ever been to a show where there's a bunch of people on stage and some of them are just clearly hating it and they don't want to be there. Because that was what I felt like the audience I, I wasn't really thinking about it at the time i was just hoping that the audience liked me and i was hoping they didn't think that it was my fault that the show was bad because i wanted the show to be good and i was trying to make it good and i felt how poorly we were doing and i felt the audience start to like be upset with us for not putting on a good show you know um but one of the guys in the back who was another comic from canberra was there in the back of the show and he said he could hear people become disgruntled and not enjoy the show and he could see on uh, my face every time something shitty happened that I clearly just didn't like. He could just tell that I was having a bad time on stage as well, which I think is really funny. So if you've been to a comedy show where there are acts on stage hating it, I would love to hear from you, man. Tell us a story. That'd be sick. And uh, if you want, if you're okay, I'll tell it next week on the pod. Other than that, the photo for this week is from uh, a mate, regular listener. I don't know if people are okay with giving out their names on the pod, so I'll try not to. But this uh, is a great picture of people taking pictures. And it's um, he messaged me and he said, uh, I call this two phones, one ponytail. Because <laughs> it's an old guy with a fucking grotty ponytail. I mean, fair play to him. And he's holding up two phones, one in each hand, taking photos of the same thing, whatever it is. And it's interesting because I zoom in and one of the phones on the left is like tinged kind of warm tones and on the right is like cool tones. Um, looks like a sunset that he's taking a photo of, but there's a bunch of other people around. So maybe it's like some kind of gig or a show outdoors or whatever. That is going to be the photo for this week. And uh, the episode is called Why Don't You Do Some Comedy? Thank you guys very much for listening to the podcast. If you're a new listener, thanks for checking it out. Give us a review on iTunes, Spotify, five stars. Thanks for coming to the shows in Adelaide or in Perth or wherever you've seen me. And if you're in Adelaide, shows all week, Tuesday, tonight through to Sunday. And if you're in Castlemaine or the area in Victoria, I've got a show there on the 28th of February. That's all from me. I hope you're having a good week. This has been Aiden Jones sitting under a tree. Peace. Uh, I grew up in Adelaide. I got a mate who I grew up with who uh, lost a finger. He was working in a bar polishing a wine glass it smashed in his hand cut the tendon fourth finger 13 operations they were trying to fix it the best they could do the doctors after a year and a half they said it's going to be stuck like that forever that's fucked isn't it weird handshakes like, just a little dangler you know so they took it off more convenient good warning to all the other fingers as well let them know if you fuck up you're off the team, right? And now my mate's hand is stuck for the rest of his life in the two in the pink, one in the stink position. <laughs> is that what you wanted, brother? <laughs> the shocker, isn't it? And I feel bad making fun of him because it's hard like, to go through that, but it's not that bad on the scale of things to go through, you know? Like, he's not in a wheelchair. 
He's still white. He'll be okay. You know? He'll be all right. He just can't do finger puppets anymore. You know? And obviously, when he gets married, they will have to glue the ring onto the, <laughs> onto the stump. And then if he gets divorced, they'll be like, sorry, we've got to take the rest of them. <laughs> what a loser. Um... <laughs> <laughs> fucking how much better is this? Yeah. How much fucking better is this? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But I hated every fucking second of this, man. It was excruciating. An exercise in futility. Kanye and Hitler, they're kind of the same, aren't they? No, they're completely different cunts. One of them's black. <laughs> They're so <laughs> Oh my god. I had another mate who, um, growing up in Adelaide, who went to jail for selling drugs. My mate went to jail. And uh, people always say, when I tell people, oh, my mate went to jail for selling drugs, they're always like, oh, if you were a very good drug dealer then. Uh, I fucking hate that. He was a sick drug dealer. That's why he had to go to jail, you know? Yeah. <laughs> That's, if you're a bad drug dealer, you don't go to jail. You go out of business, you know? Yeah. You shit drugs, always late, unreliable. If you're really good, you rise through the ranks and then the police notice you and they take you away with all the other drug dealers to what is essentially an academy for a young entrepreneur. <laughs> jail. It's like Hogwarts for a young businessman, you know? They're like Wingardium Stabiosa. <laughs> That's a good joke. Um, <laughs> And he's out now and he's fucking, he's doing really well. He got a business degree and people talk about, like, I think a big reason that he's doing so well, that's yeah. <laughs> a big reason. Thanks, mate. That we're wasn't like, an accident, buddy. <laughs> a big reason that he's right, doing good. so well is that um, he learned how to do business in that difficult environment, you know, like the unregulated drug market. Some people brag about the schools they went to, like, Adelaide University, Melbourne University. My mate went to Yatla High Security Labor Prison, you know? <laughs> Learned marketing off a dude called Biscuit. <laughs> Is that my five minutes? That's your five minutes. Yeah! 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 Yeah!